Internet privacy is becoming more and more important these days, and using a VPN in general is the best way to ensure you've got it. And ExpressVPN has everything you'd ever want and need in a VPN, and more. I've tried other VPNs, but once I started using Express months ago, I've never looked back. ExpressVPN works on nearly every computer, tablet, and mobile device, and contains a huge network of servers, over 3,000 spanning 94 countries, with great speeds. You can use it to unblock popular online services like Netflix and Facebook, and they value your privacy more than anything. There are no activity or connection logs, and they use PWC-audited servers to confirm compliance with their privacy policy. They are just fantastic, and I could not be more happy to be partnered with them. So if you are interested in trying it out, you can go to expressvpn.com slash clancypasta, or click the link in the description for 3 months free when you order a 12-month subscription. Using my link, you get an awesome deal, and it helps me out a ton as well. Alright, so without further ado, here's the episode. Howdy howdy everybody, I hope you're having a great evening, and welcome to another episode of Clancy Pasta. I hope you all enjoy the first story of the night, Are You Getting Enough Sleep? by Trouble Unusual. Another sleepless night. My eyelids were heavy, and I was hoping to find some respite in the land of dreams, but my brain fought hard against it. My body was utterly exhausted, but the flashbacks kept replaying in a seemingly endless loop. Short and vivid fragments kept piercing deep into my subconscious like a broken record, on and on. Even if I managed to get some sleep, I knew what was waiting for me. The same look of sheer terror upon her face, the blood-curdling scream, and my pounding heart waking me up from a never-ending nightmare. There was no escape for me. It haunted me day and night. I rolled to my side and took the phone to check the time. 5.30. Feeling defeated, knowing that I had to get up to go to work in 15 minutes. I got up and gloomily prepared my cereals. I hated my job passionately, but at least I could pay my bills and avoid the looming threat of becoming homeless. There was only one person at the office whom I befriended, Parrot, a beautiful young woman whose beaming smile and sonorous laughter instilled a grain of hope in my otherwise dull life, a hope that there was still kindness in this cruel and unforgiving world. Herod came from Egypt, and she had some noble aura around her. Her whole demeanor was so graceful and gentle that I always felt calm in her presence. She was a rookie, and I helped her around the office. Just as I sat in my chair, Herod came into my office. Hey, how are you? You look really tired. I'm fine, I'm just a bit overwhelmed with work. You know how hectic it can get. Oof, I feel you. This week is really chaotic. I hope I can cheer you up a bit. I highly doubt it, but give it a shot. Close your eyes. As I closed my eyes, I could feel the cold metal against my collarbone and Parrot's warm hands adjusting the jewelry. I opened my eyes and saw a beautiful piece of jewelry around my neck, a weird triangular-shaped charm with some sort of inscription which I recognized as the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. It's an Egyptian amulet for protection and good luck. 
I know you don't believe in the old tales, but hey, it goes great with your casual fashion style. I smiled warmly. No amulet could protect me from the vicious attacks of my own brain, but I did like it. I was so grateful that somebody actually cared about me. The void inside me filled up with love, at least for a moment. The day went on, as usual. When I was mindlessly scrolling through my phone, an ad popped up. Simple design. Bold green letters on a plain white background. Are you getting enough sleep? Being chronically sleep-deprived and desperate to treat my insomnia after many failed attempts by various medical professionals, I clicked on the ad. It was an ad for a state-of-the-art AI sleep-tracking application. This app could trace sleep patterns, including how much time you spend in the REM phase, as well as sound recordings to discover whether you snore. I downloaded the app just in case, but I wasn't convinced. As usual, I went to sleep at 10pm expecting another rough night full of sweaty nightmares or incessant troubling thoughts. I was wrong. I lost track of time, but I think that I fell asleep quite fast. For the first night in two years, I wasn't tormented. My mind was light and my thoughts were airy and calm. For the first night in two years, I didn't dream of blood, pain, and guilt. As I was shifting further and further into dreamland, I dreamt of fruitful valleys and endless green fields. I was abruptly woken by my loud and annoying alarm clock. I rushed to work and continued with my daily drudgery. That evening when I came home, I realized that I forgot to see what my new sleeping app tracks during the night. I was surprised to see that I had spent just about enough time in the REM phase and that I didn't wake up during the night. I already knew that I never snored, but out of sheer curiosity, I wanted to listen to the audio recording. A faint wave showed that there was some sound during the night. I played the audio and strained my ears to hear the faint sound. It sounded like a gentle chant. I didn't think much of it. I probably forgot to turn off my radio, and the app picked up the sound. The following night, I had the most unusual otherworldly dream. There she was, standing alone. My heart sunk as I waited for her face to distort into a well-known expression of horror. Instead, she came up to me and told me, Mommy, it's okay. You won't hurt me. I'm safe here. I was looking at my daughter, but this time she wasn't afraid. She was smiling. I suddenly became aware of the light surrounding her. I had to squint because everything was so luminous. As my eyes were adjusting, I heard a vaguely familiar sound. That chant. It was barely audible at first, but it got louder and louder. A shadow was approaching behind my daughter's back. I wanted to scream, but I froze in terror. Somebody put a hand on her shoulder. There she stood, adorned with gold. I recognized her smile. Parrot. She waved at me and whispered, She is safe. You can sleep now. I woke up abruptly, feeling completely perplexed. 
I couldn't wait to go to work to tell Parrot about this weird dream. But when I got there, the boss told me that she didn't come to work and that she left me a note. I rushed to my office and found an envelope on my desk. I opened it and saw a letter inside. Dear Grace, my job here is done. I cannot tell you who sent me to help you. Your daughter lives in my realm now, and she is looked after. Keep your amulet, and I will always protect you. Parrot, the goddess of dreams. My friend thought there was something in the woods, written by I Stand Catwoman. My friends Rohan, Natasha, Taryn, and I are avid campers. Our love for the great outdoors compels us to take time out of our busy schedules at least once a year. Last year, in the summertime, our camping destination was Mount Abu, a lovely hill station in the Indian state of Rajasthan. This trip seemed rather special as it brought some much-needed respite and distraction from the hardships and turmoil each of us had been facing in our daily lives. Rohan's experience had been particularly difficult. His parents had died in a car crash, his girlfriend had cheated on him, and he had recently filed a harassment complaint against his boss. He had not had a great year, and this had caused him to go into depression. The jovial, fun-loving Rohan that we knew seemed to be slipping away. When we first planned the trip, he had refused to go, telling us he just wasn't in the mood, that if he did tag along, he probably wouldn't enjoy himself much and would put a damper on our enjoyment as well. We told him that was bullshit, we were all friends, and that meant we were going to be there for each other in times of need. That if he felt depressed or anxious, we'd be there to cheer him up. Only after each of us reassured him that his presence would add to our fun and not take away from it, did he agree to go. We arrived at our campsite in the afternoon. We had chosen a somewhat secluded spot where there were no other campers. The hill station with its cool breeze, scenic mountains, the beautiful Naki Lake, the flora and fauna were a sight for sore eyes. Eyes that had been ravaged by the sights of traffic, polluted air, and a heavying inferno of agitated human bodies in the city. I remember noticing something odd about Rohan's behavior almost as soon as we got there. He kept looking around with an expression on his face that seemed to combine nervousness and curiosity. He would stop mid-conversation and look behind him, or towards the lake. We asked him what was wrong, and at first he said it was nothing, but as the sun went down, his anxiousness seemed to soar. When we asked again, he finally pointed to the edge of the tree line and asked, Do you guys see that? None of us knew what he was talking about. But he kept insisting that he had seen a large figure near the tree line. We told him there was nothing there and gently teased him, telling him he had had too many beers. It at least made him laugh along with us and seemed to ease his nervousness, but only for a little while. At night, as we sat around the fire, roasting marshmallows and chatting amongst ourselves, Rohan's mind seemed elsewhere, 
He was once again looking at the woods as if trying to make sense of what he saw. Then, suddenly, he was on his feet, pointing at the trees and yelling that he saw some sort of a humanoid figure. As if on cue, just as he began to yell at us, we heard a rustle coming from the woods. It sounded as though a large animal was running between the trees. Though Mount Abu had a variety of wildlife, such as wolves, sabets, hyena, wild boar, etc. This rustling seemed to be caused by something much bigger. We tried not to get too freaked out, but the fear was palpable. We decided to call it a night. The next morning, Natasha and I decided to ask the local authorities if any large animals were present in the area. They assured us that there weren't and told us not to worry. However, as we were heading back to our campsite, Natasha mentioned half-jokingly that maybe it was the devil-worshipping cults who were said to inhabit the hills. I laughed it off, but the thought stuck with me. I like to think of myself as a rational person, but I had heard stories about various cults in the area that were into witchcraft and devil worship, that they invoked demonic entities which then fed on human flesh. The recent cases of disappearance of two tourists in the area certainly did not aid my peace of mind. However, I didn't share these concerns with anyone, as I did not want to disturb my friends. We had fun that day. A day of rock climbing, trekking, and enjoying the serenity of nature was just what we needed. Rohan was trying to be jovial for our sake. He tried to mask his anxiety with jokes and funny anecdotes but I could see that he was troubled. I think the others sensed it, too. At dusk, we sat around the campfire and ate our dinner. Rohan confided in us that he had been hearing strange noises from the woods and asked if we could hear them, too. We all began to wonder. Had we convinced ourselves that there was no reason to be afraid and miss something obvious, and Rohan hadn't? He was the one who had been listening intently for anything out of the ordinary. Couldn't he have heard something? And the rustling from last night, just after Rohan had claimed to see something. Either he really saw something, or it was some incredible coincidence. As these thoughts raced through our minds, Rohan once again pointed to the woods, this time almost frantically. Look there, he shouted. I see a silhouette. It's huge. Can't you see? He was pointing towards the trees again. The woods were so dense, it was hard to see anything at all. But then Terran spoke up. He said he thought he saw something move, pointing his torch beam in the same direction as Rohan. One person could have been deceived by his own eyes, but surely not two people at the same time. Natasha looked at us with a haunted look in her eyes. She repeated what she had said to me earlier, only this time there was no trace of humor in her voice. Could these stories be true? About the cults that invoke demons? Those tourists who disappeared, did they see something like this too? I tried to be strong. I tried to tell everyone that we were just letting the woods get to us, that those so-called cults had never been found, and we just needed to get some sleep and in the morning we would laugh at these fears. I don't think I believed my own words, even as they came out of my mouth. I was just hoping against hope that we were safe, and we wouldn't have to cut this trip short. 
I knew that as our schedules got more and more hectic, we would not be able to take these trips as regularly. Natasha and I crawled into one of the tents, and Rohan and Taryn into the other. Soon, darkness enveloped us, and we fell into an uneasy sleep. Our slumber was interrupted, however, by the most horrifying screams I have ever heard. It took me a minute to realize that it was Rohan. The screams did not sound like him at all. Natasha and I rushed outside to find Rohan on his knees, covering his ears and screaming as if the world was ending. Taryn kept asking him what was wrong. Rohan told us through tears that he heard screaming from the woods. How the hell did you not hear that? We need to leave. Make it stop. Make it stop. He repeated again and again as he scratched at his ears. The sound seemed to torture him. A sound that none of us heard. Natasha, Taryn, and I exchanged looks as we all came to the same conclusion. All those silhouettes Rohan saw in the woods, the noises he heard, they were all in his head. Our friend was having a psychotic breakdown. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>